Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 219 of G.I. Joburg. The title of this episode is Getting to Grips with Cobra Clutch. Yes, once again, we're talking play motion, but this time it's an in-house production. G.I. Joburg was very proud to present Cobra Clutch, the third part of the Renegade storyline this weekend past. And I'm not alone. I'm joined by Paul, the deadliest pencils in the Hizé. Hey, Paul. <laughs> My main man, childhood friend, Rob. Hello, Rob. Hey, guys. Good to be here again. Hell yeah. And we got Sergeant Slaughter Jr. Zazel Phoenix is joining us again. Hello, Zaz. A turn! Hut! Alright, that is. <laughs> Perfect. Ah, yes. Zazel has once again tended the most fantastic Sergeant Slaughter impersonation. The praise keeps coming. People love, love, love your work. Paul was uh, playing Mercer on this one. And Rob, you will be playing the role of the audience. <laughs> oh, giving us some very fantastic. honest responses and criticisms uh, for this, this episode past. Uh, but, as always, guys, our warm-up round. Has anybody got any new shit they'd like to get their teeth sunk into? How Ooh. does this week find G.I. Joburg? Wow, this week has been crazy, dude. Oh, <laughs> like, dear. Yeah, no, it's just it's just like the usual stuff. Um, but I did take <laughs> some time for the usual, yeah, the usual crazy stuff. stuff. Okay, okay. Actually, let, let me let me let me get into this. I had to adult a little bit this week um, because oh. uh, aside from the usual like crazy <laughs> stuff that I have with my job, which is actually really awesome. Um, you know, so that's like that's aside from things. That's just, but. To add a little bit of extra flavor to this week, um, my I, I, it's not my landlord because my landlord, you know, he's not he's sort of very hands off with things. But the people, the body corporates who run the um, the complex that I stay in, or that Celia and I stay in, uh, they their little man, their little human that goes and inspects and everything. Uh, he was taking a walk through all of the gardens, okay, and. Um, and then when he came to ours, he like realized, oh no, we've got these two big trees that need to come down. So this has upset Celia and myself greatly because, you know, we love trees. Trees are awesome. The world needs more of them. Um, and, you know, we're a little bit upset by the news of, you know, this, these trees having to be cut down. Thankfully, we got a nice compliment on our garden because Celia has been kicking all kinds of ass with that. So we actually got a really, really nice garden. Anyway, fast forward to Monday morning. I get this phone call from the guys and they're like, okay, yeah, we're here to chop your trees down. Um, you'll see us jumping over the wall, so don't get freaked out. So I'm like, I thought we were going to get warned about this, but okay, cool. So anyway, I had the whole day of the Texas tree saw massacre or t Texas chainsaw massacre with the trees. <laughs> the whole day, it was like, nyeh, nyeh. so they killed our trees. Awesome. Cool. No problem. Shame. Sad to see the trees go. Goodbye, trees. Gonna miss them because they were. They did provide a really nice backdrop with the shade and everything that I had there. Anyway, whatever. Cool. Trees are gone. Sad. Celia's upset about this. Okay, so that sucks. So that that's how my week started with no trees. Then on Tuesday, okay, I decide. Cool. I'm gonna quickly go out on a toy run because I've heard a rumor that a mosquito has been that some guys have been picking up mosquitoes in brick and mortar store. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me go get in early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So I go in you and I'm on my toy mission. You gotta lead with the mission. jingle, Paul. You gotta lead with the jingle. 
Okay, well, from now on, you gotta warn people. Jingle up front, and then give them a skip to time code if they want to like get back to the GI Joe stuff. <laughs> anyway, so I'm I'm I go on a toy hunting mission, cool, and uh, I, I I you know surprise I didn't come back with anything. There wasn't anything yet. Left my names with a lot of toy shops and my number. They would call me. Blah blah blah. Usual story. Anyway, come back. And my neighbor like spots me and she's like, oh, by the way, one of your trees fell over. I'm like, oh God, really? So I go and see this. So the one tree that they didn't cut down, one, one of the two trees that they didn't cut down, one of those fell over. So now I've got this tree that's like passed out in my garden. It's like it's gone out for a night of drinking, just <laughs> passed out. Thankfully, nothing <laughs> broken. No walls broken, no tables broken, nothing. Our garden even, uh, isn't even like wrecked from it. So I send a message to these guys. I'm like, hey guys, like, uh, the tree's fallen over, whatever. The dude's like, oh, okay, this looks like you're going to have to call the tree fellas to remove that. So, and ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to swear now. You know, I look at this message, I'm like, fuck that. This is not my fucking responsibility. Like, I didn't call tree fellas to come murder trees in my garden. Okay, I'm sure shit not going to call them to come and, like, do this. This is your dirty work, so I get hold of my people. Anyway, eventually the tree has been removed, but God, it's caused such a mess. Anyway, that's been part of my week it's been exciting on top of the like really high stress deadlines i've had this week with all the madness and load shedding Ugh. anyway enough yeah. about that enough about that yeah i mean rob i'm sure you've got load shedding as well there in cape town yeah it, ha it has started again um Such it, it a happened bullock. at a very annoying time last night like i was, I, was <clears throat> I thought it was going to happen at a different time because i've tracked two different zones Me so too, work yeah. and home yeah so then it suddenly happens at like like 12 o'clock and I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to miss the translation uh, for non-South Africans load shedding or blackouts. Yeah, like but they're scheduled. Blackouts. Yes. Mm. So they do them on purpose. Um, <laughs> so then I thought, oh, shit, I, you know, I, I couldn't do anything because then I had my phone wasn't charged. And like I completely I meant to watch the premiere of this fantastic video that we we just put out. And I can do that because my phone was dead. And I was like, why? Why is this happening? It's so annoying. Like, I prefer it when it happens at work because then at least, you know, it's nice and dark and you don't have to be open for like two hours. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> damn. It happened on my home. time. God damn Exactly. It. On my own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, know? that was, yeah. Jeez, that was a ball lake as well. Because Celia and I were so excited. We watched the movie and we're like, okay, we're going to watch this movie. And then after that, we're going to watch two episodes of this like science fiction, like sort of um, series thing. And then we're going to tune into YouTube to watch um, the premiere for Cobra Clutch. And halfway nope. through the movie, poof, and I'm like, wait, Oof. hold on. This is meant to be happening tomorrow. What the hell? And then anyway. Well, like... don't worry, guys. Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse had your back because Zazy was there representing. Hey, buddy. Hey. Cool. I was there early. <laughs> I was so <laughs> nice, excited for it. I just, I just showed up and sat down and waited. Oh, good man. Well, awesome. we, we had a little something lined up to, to help people pass the time just in case. And, and the gap was quite large between part two and part three. So I lined up for the first time a, a live uh, replay of parts one and two of this renegade storyline. And oh, wow. I'd say that went off uh, as a roaring success. So much so that people who were seeing that for the first time were like, 
uh, well, where's part three? I'm like, well, it's it's it just <laughs> follow this link. It's, it's <laughs> premier. Well, yeah, exactly. It's it's premiering elsewhere. Like this is just a, a recap, so to speak, a watch along, uh, a little victory dance for uh, the true fans out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I thought so, it was um, a great double feature idea that um, really really wet the whistle for the main event. Oh yeah! And <laughs> oh, stop things. it with the Sergeant Slaughter references, man! <laughs> so, Damn. So as I mentioned, throughout all of this drama of this week, oh god, <laughs> I did We're get to do a little bit Paul's of toy drama, hunting. By the way, <laughs> oh, so, so, I'm so relieved. He's swinging it back to new shit. My yep. god, I thought we yep. were going to be yep. stuck in bloody tree felling drama. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so this is my like little mini topic which i like to put into new shit it's called paul goes toy hunting i didn't buy any of this but i saw this and i thought of zazel when i saw this at first right. and then i realized and then i was like wow that thing actually fits like you know classified size gi joe and i was like well if nobody knows about it and i'm sure everybody listening to this podcast knows about this uh, uh the slambulance yeah. Yes, thank you. I was about to say, everyone listening to this and not seeing the picture that you've just uh, flashed on screen. Yes, it is a wrestling WWE figurine size ambulance. Like it's yeah. official. Put out by Mattel. Yeah. Cool. And it's got like stretches and everything and the doors come off and you know you can have big burly <laughs> men pop out the roof. It's great. Yeah, most specifically the doors can be ripped off by the looks of things. Like so basically cool. it's, it's I suppose going to reenact the, the sort of backstage shenanigans that the wrestlers get up to when they wreck wreck i don't know they just shit wreck shit wreck shit yeah but i thought wreck hey this is some cool custom fodder another thing i saw on my journey was this bad boy it's called the reckon slam cycle of motorcycle mm. de mulka <laughs> the russian name i suspect <laughs> or oh, whatever <laughs> anyway this is a really cool this motorbike seems like a great shoe in for a dreadnought cycle Plus, it oh, also yeah. explodes. You can tear it apart. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Break the classified scale play motion. You're oh, right. Yeah. I mean, like, for those what? of you guys who are looking for a great uh, cycle for your for your Zartan, uh, there it is. And maybe we will see Buzzer, Ripper, Torch, Zorana, and... Um, why can I never... Oh, Xandar. <laughs> uh, shame. Poor Xandar. Anyway. Well, but... that's kind of his gig, isn't it? The one who's always forgotten. So exactly. there you go. Uh, but what, uh, what really wrestler amazing. is it intended for? Like, who's the guy included with it? Uh, long hair guy, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> long hair guy. He okay. <laughs> must be Matt new. McIntyre. Yeah, he's new. I don't know who that is. That's like he's got like a normal name. He's not like called like The Rock or, you know, Jake the Snake, uh, Mysterio, Hart or. Goldberg. Goldust? <laughs> Goldberg. Goldust. I think there's Goldberg and a Goldust. Uh, Yokozuna. Uh, John anyway. Cena, dude. Bam Bam Bigelow, whatever. So, on Thursday, I get this awesome phone call. And, I, oh, well, not, I don't get a phone call. I made a phone call because I got a little bit of recon intel. Wait for it. The reprise. And what did I get? I found Mosquito. Excellent. Excellent. So glad. 
So it's interesting because the shop, when I spoke to the lady, she said they only had three in the box and that one guy had come the day before at the end what? of the day. He, and I wanted to grab one for another local collector, but they only had this one. And shame. She said it was hidden at the back of the rest. So I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Is it like, at shame. a deluxe price point? Because it seems like he's got additional accessories. Yeah, he's 250 Rand. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to 200. 200 Rand. Yeah. Gotcha. So for 50 Rand more, you get an extra head, this uh, cool effect piece, an extra hand and the gun. And of course, he's squishy, squishy, squishy blood action. And I'll show you guys Ooh. now what that looks like in action. Ba -ba! Wait, ba -ba! yes, there he is. He's gotten Stratos. He's draining Stratos's life force. Oh, yeah. He's sucking Stratos cool off. <laughs> Such a great toy. Really, really what? dig it. And that's my excitement in terms of toys this week. So I figured I had to buy extra so for glad, head. Paul. Definitely worth it. <laughs> Some cheap head. Um, cool, Paul. I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, I have something new in the pipeline, but uh, uh, the 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 ink is not yet dry on the. Um, where am I going with this? Basically, it's not a sealed uh, deal just yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, very exciting and a wonderful piece at an incredible price. So something I couldn't say no to. So what's the space, Joe Burgers? Steve's got something new in the pipeline. Rob, crickets. Any new toys? No, I, I, no, I don't. There's nothing. I have access to nothing. Like I can't no buy new anything. Pops. Oh, no, boo. there was just that one. That's, they've been sitting on the shelf there, you know, where the rest of my stuff is for Shame, you know Rob. two years. Well, I have how... access to nothing. There's absolutely nothing. You. You say that, but in the same city you live on Bidobai, Withers Amusements has a shit ton of vintage Joe stuff. stuff. So I don't know if I, I should have not told you that because <laughs> you know, if you browse it now, you will see you will see things you like. Paul certainly did last week. You got your dreadnought 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 cycle, your trike. Didn't you it's point? like you said, yeah, yeah. Um, just waiting for the deal to finish. It's a matter of Very I've good. done it. I'm just waiting for it to be delivered. It should be arriving with me sometime next week. I plan Amazing. to do a live stream unboxing with that. Uh, when I say plan to, um, uh, everything permitting, but it is meant to be my birthday present. Uh, present. So what oh. I was thinking of doing is keeping it and then opening it on my birthday as like a part of a live stream. Because there's something else in there that's carded as well that would be fun to do that I bought a long time ago and uh, the seller's been holding onto it for me until um, because I didn't just want to ship that one thing so he's been holding onto it for me it's a local guy and yeah, it's um, not that that expensive man anyways no, that's terrific yeah. Paul uh, and it is the Action Force boxed version of the Dreadnought yeah. cycle so. Those stickers are probably still good to go, dude. They haven't dried out. Well, from what I've seen, I mean, it looked like it looked like the collector who had it before had assembled it or whatever, and mm -hmm. then disassembled it when he sold it to to Withers. So I mean, it's yeah. complete. It's stickered up, sadly, but it looks like it has got its blueprints, which is nice. At the end of the day, as long as the whole bike is complete, I'm happy, and it's got the box, and that's a bonus. And very, very cool. Xandar and Serana um, for it, so. Yay. <laughs> Zazie, new shit. Hit us with it. Well, I mean, I've got a couple of cool things uh, in transit at the moment. I don't know if that really counts as new shit, uh, but I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, I've got the, from Ringside Collectibles, I've got the heel version of Sergeant Slaughter on its way. And mm -hmm. 
I've also got the from the Mattel online exclusive Sergeant Slaughter also on its way. How long that takes, I don't know, but at least it's on its way. I also do mm. have a little bit of a Heberg story that I think Paul might be interested in. Ooh. Da, 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 da. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the Masters of the Universe classics is uh, starting to show up at Big W stores here in Australia, which um, not Townsville, mate. Not well. <laughs> the thing is, they uh, they are so sought after that they pretty much get picked off the shelves as soon as they get on there. Yep, and yep. so I think in this wave, the only the one that I really wanted to get was Fisto because who doesn't love a good Fisto? But <laughs> I went. Uh, I knew I knew they were showing up local here, so I I went in, and of course they were picked bear, and the only one left was the uh, uh, Skeletor. Skeletor. Which, which Skeletor? The Skeletor from that different line from that awful awful netflix line oh from the revelations mm. one yeah right so the they the classic had been picked bare basically and i was like well it was pretty late in the day and i was like okay fair enough i i didn't go in there on open it was it was never going to happen it was just uh, one of those things where i thought if i if i show up uh maybe there'll be something so anyway i go i go past this uh it's in the same complex there's a uh like a a toy shop uh mixed with a comic shop and they sort of deal with like classic vintage stuff as well as new stuff and what they didn't have the day before because i actually went in there the day before what they didn't have the day before was uh masters of the universe classic but lo and behold they've got the entire wave you would expect to find at big w sitting right there for three times the price <laughs> and it is my suspicion that he's gone and just picked the, the shelves clean and now is uh Selling them for three times as much, but I did manage oh, to pick up a bite of Yajo from there. So oh. who'd you buy? I got uh, Dalzim. Cool. Is that how we're pronouncing it? That's how I'm yeah, pronouncing it. Whatever. Yeah. I'll accept. Speaking of which, uh, I think in the last two days or so, um, someone bought out of like a just a yard sale. Of an ex Hasbro employee, just dozens and dozens and like hundreds of figures, um, like sealed in baggies uh, oh, of nice. the sort of the, the 90s kind of figures. So, Street Fighter guys, the Battle Core guys, all complete, all untouched by human hands for the last 30 or something years. Um, but just like for a song, no doubt. Like this guy has made a killing or will make a killing provided the vultures haven't swooped in and, and snapped it up. But like he was asking like, what's this stuff worth? And it's like, oh, well, you should speak to some of the experts because like people are going to try and take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. I sometimes in... think that the people who say or wonder what these are worth know how much they're worth mm -hmm. and are just, you know, fishing. Well, mm -hmm. It could go either way. I, I don't know. I think he, he, by his own admission, he's not familiar with the, the, the 90s stuff, as a lot of collectors are, but or aren't. Um, but yeah, he could be fishing. Either way, there were offers coming thick and fast and other people saying like, don't, don't listen to anybody right now, man. You need to speak to a trusted source. Because mixed yeah. in with these bags and bags and bags of mint untouched, like overstock items were 
I believe, a few test shots of like the 1995 unreleased guys. Oh, that's and cool. That's big money. Big money toys, baby. Ninja so, Commandos and, 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 and. Wow. Ninja Commandos. Something that I do want to mention, which is like pretty, pretty cool, actually. Um, it, okay, well, first thing uh, to go with that story, there's a local guy that recently on in the local He-Man group, uh, he he said he just uh, dug out a whole his whole like Motu collection, and he had it all stacked up nicely on the grass, well photographed and whatever. And he just said, "Hey guys, I actually don't know how much this is worth. I do want to sell it. Um, you know, would you like to give me some offers?" And and I have to say, and this is this makes me very proud. A lot of the local fans, like three or four of the comments in that, immediately went, "Wait, wait, dude, no." We're going to PM you the proper pricing for that stuff. People are going to try and scam the shit out of you. Um, because he had a very, very, he like had some very good condition, like uh, castles and vehicles and all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, he was sort of, he, was, he just sort of said, oh, just, I don't care what I get for it. And these guys were like, no, 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 no. This is how much your stuff is worth. Let's help you get it, you know, like proper value for it. And I think... And I'm not 100% sure, but I think my buddy, the guy who owns the toy museum, I think he actually bought that uh, Castle Grayskull because he recently recently posted a very minty, fresh, vintage uh, Castle Grayskull on his uh, Instagram. And he's like, awesome local purchase, really enjoying this. And he also seemed to get a, uh, and he also got a Ninja Turtles sewer playset from somewhere. Anyway, that's just a tidbit. The cool thing, the really cool thing is that um, Celia was on Toy Watch this past week, which is quite awesome. Um, and that might not sound like a lot, uh, but she's actually been, because her job, she goes to different malls and she has to go to the different stores that she sort of manages visually. And uh, I always ask her, hey, listen, if you're in the vicinity of a Toys R Us, please could you just pop in and just check what their stock, are, uh, stock is, especially because I've been looking for Mosquito and um, whatever. And yeah, I got to say, Celia is such a trooper. She's actually been doing that. You know, she, it's so sweet. She phones me and she goes, okay, yeah, I just uh, spoke to the people here and I looked through all the shelves and I even dug in the back and everything and I didn't find any mosquitoes, but I just want to check, do you have she clamp went through the and do you, Yeah, and it's like, do you have like That's a Stratos That's what girlfriends are for. How cool is that, say? Like, <laughs> I was going to say, like, she made me very happy. <laughs> and she did like three or four times this week. So, but now she knows she's on Toy Watch when she goes to like other malls. And that she are very gives it. What? Her. What? I didn't say that. Anyway, cool. I'm really very happy. Yay, yay, yay. Guys, what are we watching? What are we reading? What are we playing? Let's uh, start off with our guest, Zazie. What uh, What you checking out these days, brother? Well, other than the popular stuff like What If, Plus, yeah, Joeberg today. <laughs> I'm going through the I'm going through the list of least important to most important. I was going to get to G.I.J. Berg, but you've ruined the surprise. Oh, oh so, well, then let's was, uh, dwell a little bit on what if, because I also watched the the finale. Yeah. And the the thing that I wanted to lead with was like, what if for the most part, except for the obvious like frivolous episodes that were interspersed to kind of perhaps lift the mood a little bit, what if to me was like those choose your own adventure books or find your fate or for me specifically. And I know you, you read some of these Rob interplanetary spy books mm. that had those bad endings. 
And there was always this like macabre oh. sense in me where I just wanted to like flick to the bad endings. I wanted to flick to the like the you've been caught or you've been horribly disfigured or like your mission is <laughs> over. You know, like basically because they had these fantastic illustrations of like like nasty shit, man. Um I mean I can think of oh. one example where like there's a and this is the interplanetary spy um science fiction kind of novel and you need to put on a disguise um and it, you put a device over your face and then there's a puzzle that you have to do to get to the right page so if you get to the wrong page your face comes out mangled and you're like oh god this is me for the rest of my life oh the horror anyways maybe that's a lame example they're much cooler ones with like giant space robot birds eating your shuttlecraft and shit like that but bottom line is what if in those instances we're like wow this is really horrifying this is a bad ending in a choose your own adventure book um and maybe that's the appeal like like the fact that things went kind of peachy for the marvel cinematic universe was uh, entirely the the outside chance <laughs> you know all those many millions of of possibilities that dr strange saw uh we we saw them playing out essentially my other observation is i really enjoyed episodes that played in the kind of the sandbox of the winter soldier and civil war anything too cosmic i started to snooze hard like and and the same goes for anything dealing with the infinity gauntlet like op characters just make me you know lose interest this kind of hierarchy of like reality bending power I'm like whatever that guy's a god that guy's a planet that guy wields the ultimate power in the universe so what <laughs> i want to see people punching each other so i used to be a full on marvel fanboy back in the day uh i don't really collect marvel comics now but they are still my favorite go to and what if was one of my favorite comic book series and for a lot of issues they were my stepping stones into picking up um you know back issues of stories so i could see how that actually played out uh mm. and but yeah for the most part you know the endings were usually pretty designed in a way to show you what the worst case scenario could have been and in a lot of cases if spider-man was in it spider-man was going to die so i was <laughs> uh spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen all of what if yet but Spider-Man mm. doesn't die in okay, any of them. Okay. No, That's Paul, the complete it's opposite okay. of what you it's expect. Fine. I just took my, my headphones off. It's all good. No, it's, it's, oh, it's, okay. it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. If, if it was the other way around, that would be a spoiler. But yeah, saying, saying that a character doesn't die. That's, that's still a spoiler. It is, is it? Spoiler. Anything it can is. be a spoiler. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, oh, Paul. That's fine. Sorry. Like the revelation of a name can be a spoiler. I heard Spider Man you know, where we are can off. be a spoiler. Through <laughs> my headphones right, looked right, like right, it right. was uh, like a like it was some kind of horny tarantula on my head. I just flicked them <laughs> off like blah. You will not this fuck this my head also today. I think is not a spoiler. Um I remember some weeks back when I said that Lego had spoiled one of the forthcoming what if episodes with their set right well guess guess what that episode was cut from the series were <laughs> it, it, I, I, it wasn't completed i think 
probably due to some kind of COVID complication. But there's a erroneous moment where a character from a previous episode is brought back for the final episode of What If? And it had me scratching my head thinking, wait a minute, that character hasn't had an episode. <laughs> they haven't been spotlit. Like they've they brought brought in to, to I don't know to deal with the big bad by the end and and the Lego spoiled that episode for me. But the episode doesn't exist, so that, That's that was very interesting. Hilarious. It also means Lego basically backed the wrong horse. <laughs> like the set <laughs> that they made for What If is from an episode that wasn't completed. Very funny. Uh, well, it's kind mm. of like a what if in itself. It's like, what if this happened and what if? I was, what if, what if. <laughs> I, I was dying for like a, a very meta what if episode. Like basically the premise is what if Disney bought all of Marvel instead of just like the B characters? Hey, hmm. think about uh, that. Yeah, technically, I think animated, you could do that. Yeah. Because they can, well, they don't own the movie rights to certain characters, but they do own the animated rights to a lot uh, of the ones. Zazel, Zazel, they do now. They do now, and now they've got the the, the conundrum. Well, I th- I think hmm, I think Sony still has what? their teeth into most of Spider Man's uh, Rogues Gallery, but but deals can be struck. What I'm saying is, what if Disney at the off when Marvel Comics and Marvel Studios were like bankrupt back in the early 2000s right. i think it was mm-hmm. um you know and and they started being pieced out and 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 sold off to well, sony and to Fox. they would not have led with iron man that's for sure yeah, yeah. would have changed things dramatically well uh, the, they probably would have led as fox did with the x-men mm. no i think and, if they had it they would have started with spider-man mm. okay yeah uh, yeah no, they true. wanted to do because it's yeah, easier to do as well one major character yeah, but it would it would have meant that the sand the sandbox would have been like we would have that tumble of like spider-man x-men fantastic four but they all would have crossed over earlier on so it wasn't yeah yeah, so we would have had a a a pre-avengers like massive team up like the avengers would probably have been an afterthought to be like oh yeah there's that tony stark guy let's let's work him into and you know Captain America. Well, I mean, I, I remember when uh, David and I used to buy like this movie magazine every now and then in the 90s. And they were talking and we specifically bought these issues because they're talking about the superhero movies. So like was Nicolas Cage's Superman movie and the mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio Spider-Man film that was slated mm-hmm. to be directed by James Cameron uh, that never quite uh, got off the ground. Uh, oh, what about so... Aquaman, dude? <laughs> James Cameron's Aquaman. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I actually don't remember that at all. No, it's a joke from um, Entourage. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You either so, watched anyway, it or you didn't. No, I haven't watched Entourage. So, um, but yeah, so like that's the thing. Um, and then I also recall when Iron Man was announced uh, in the comics at that time, Tony Stark was also going through like the serious drinking problem thing as well. And uh, I think Ultimate Avengers was sort of starting up and i remember a lot of the comic book shop conversations being about uh will they make tony a drunkard <laughs> or will they give him an alcohol uh, an alcohol problem and, and all that kind of stuff so anyway just they probably would have toned it down big time if it was disney yeah absolutely yeah it was uh, already I mean, 
Yeah, yeah true that. Uh, I'm happy with the way... Uh, for the most part, I'm happy with the way the MCU thing has played out on screen. I just think it's sad, and, and maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd now, but I'm also sort of in a, in a position where I love superhero movies, but I, I don't love that superhero movies are almost or pretty much the only movies that you get to watch, actually. It's like, uh, like Dune is coming out this month, which I cannot wait for, like absolutely cannot wait for. Um, and Shang-Chi, I, I wanted to go and check, but I see it's not on cinemas here yet, or maybe I'm just missing something. Mm, we never it is got out. Is Two it people out? have seen it here locally, yeah. In Cape Town, uh, whole... so if we have it, you must have it. Okay, cool. Two, a whole two people, that's good. whole <laughs> <laughs> two people that I know. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, we never got Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes never appeared here in Joburg. None of the cinemas actually got it. Um, so I don't know if they got it for like a day and decided, well, you know, nope or what, but we never got it. So I never got to watch that in cinema, but like for the most part, it just seems like anytime something's not a superhero movie, you don't really get to see it, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to get into that rant. Um, but I'm getting to a point where I'm a little bit tired of superhero movies because I want oh. to see other movies <laughs> like you need yeah, no other movies. Superhero movies are the only films. Exactly. And apparently, like, with uh, apparently Tenet is now getting a lot of attention as well. And I still need to watch Tenet. I meant to go and watch Tenet, and we never got around to it. Can you explain that? Why is it getting a lot of attention? It's a year old now. Apparently, it's because uh, when it came out, it obviously wasn't um, the best time for a movie to come out. And, you know, like, the studio was, was betting on it, hopefully doing some magnificent things. So it didn't have enough aisles in it. But apparently, people are starting to see the genius in it now. There was an article. Yeah, I've just seen it uh, recently streaming. I thought it was really good. Yeah, because it, it didn't <laughs> like, you know, Christopher Nolan's films usually explode for some reason or another. Either that people really hate them or they really love them. And Tenet was kind of like, you know, it's like a fart in the, you know. <laughs> Pop quiz says, did you watch it with the subtitles on or did you just watch it? indistinct chatter uh was i required to listen to it? <laughs> no look i mean as the joke goes the dialogue is often inaudible uh i you know he's up to his old bane tricks where it's just like oh okay i, gotcha. I don't no, care I, I followed along as best as i could as best as you can good man okay good well yeah as did i in the cinema but like you know, there's a lot of mumbling happening and a lot of high concept stuff being said that is ultimately very mystifying anyways. So, you know, it might have been some of some use if you were watching it via streaming as opposed to watching it on screen or big screen uh, to have the subtitles up. Anyways, whatevs. Hmm. Uh, if you enjoyed it, that's amazing. Uh, if you took something from it, if you could understand what was going on, even more so. Politics, Gents, yeah. shall we? Talk about a little production closer to home. Uh, one, one of our very own. Um, I think I'm going to put you on the spot, Rob, because these other two gentlemen um, have been very closely uh, linked to this project. So after having watched it, what do you think, man? I think it's a really cool story. And I mean, I, I like <clears throat> probably my favorite sequence and probably everyone's favorite sequence is, is the swamp. I mean, like, I don't understand how things can grow like that. It's so weird. 
Hmm. Like, yeah, it's otherworldly for sure. It's so strange, and it, it's just such a cool location. I like the different locations you used as well. And even when there was actual, like, human-sized things in there, you kind of still had took the shots, but it kind mm. of worked, I suppose, within within what you were trying to mm. do. Give an example. Human-sized things? Oh, right, on the, like, sort of like the jungle path, trees and yeah, stuff. On the jungle path, and then, like, when he's looking through the... I think it's when he's looking through the... Um, the binoculars and he kind of sees mm. you, you see the kind of like um telephone wires oh <gasps> what really is it the binocular sequence i think it was that one or was it a bit later i can't remember oh yeah um, oh right yeah no there, there are definitely power lines running to yeah yeah uh, but like, i mean it's obvious destro's yeah. factory yeah yes sure. so, i mean it's it's, it's on purpose i mean because I, I know you you're very careful about that sort of, that sort of thing so i was like <laughs> okay so that's meant to be in there you obviously meant for it to be there um yeah, I think overall it was really cool. And I like that you've kind of, the, I mean, obviously it's just established before, but I mean, you kind of, I like to get a little flashback of the other Mercer. And I like that there's mm. two Mercers, you know? It's like, these two, these are two different people, you know? It's not the exact same person. Like, more than one person can actually, uh, you know, defect from Cobra over time. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Not if they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks rob yeah response has been wonderful thank you to everyone who watched thank you to everyone who commented and liked and hell even shared our closest allies have been putting out the good word because yes i do think that this stuff would appeal to quite a wide base it's kind of it is a bit nichey and it is uh, you know grown men playing with their toys but a lot of care is taken to string these sequences together i think I'm I'm particularly pleased with the editing on this one. Um, mm. It all yeah, kind of dude. cinematically I mean, it's, makes it's sense. Fantastic. I mean, I think you can anyone can watch this. I mean, it is a lot of care has been put into making it into a proper you know film experience. So I mm. think you know not to toot out you know our own horns essentially, but I mean it really is <laughs> a, it's a proper experience. You know, the, the effort has been made you know put into it to actually make it enjoyable beyond it just being playing with toys. I think we have to change toot our own horn to mosquito ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's a fantastic suggestion. Oh, guys, this is a bit of a public service announcement. Sorry, it just sort of like came back to me like PTSD. I watched the Monster Hunter movie. Don't watch that movie. But the reason I'm mentioning it is because they have two G.I. Joe code names in there. So maybe you should just mm -hmm. watch it to hear the two G.I. Joe code names. They're only there for about 20 minutes. No spoilers. Anyway, it's so weird. I wanted to no, mention spoiler, something. I won't watch it. <laughs> I wanted to mention something about, and the reason I'm bringing up Monster Hunter actually in this um, instance, we use a lot of like the original G.I. Joe music and synthwave kind of music and blah, blah, blah. And I, I got to say... Credits like, to Paul Loebscher for the latter. Yeah, oh, Paul got a... really good music for mm. G.I. Joe Brick. And Particularly I... in the live chats, Paul, if you rewatch the video and leave the live chat playing, anytime one of your tracks is featured, there is a slew of comments saying, great, Aww. this stuff is awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, and the guys. demand really... for your your EP grows. Oh, cool! Well, if you're part of the Bergforce, you're gonna get some. I I did uh, I have got one queued up to put in after the show. So let's see. But um, the point I wanted to make was is that that Monster Hunter film uses a lot of synth wave. Uh, or actually, let me be more accurate. 
it seems to use one synth wave track in particular <laughs> and yeah. sort of does some subtle variations on it. And I got to say, it doesn't fit with that movie at all, at least not the way that it's expressed. And, you know, we're let's just be fair. I mean, we've been doing play motions for a while. I know that within the play motion space and, and within the space of us doing stuff, we're not necessarily amateurs, but I know in the grand scheme of things, we're amateurs, we're a bunch of dudes having fun, whatever's right. Um, but I have to say that like the way that we pop music in um, as, as like this extra character into the edits and, and all that, it, it's actually really good. And I've got to say it's much better than the fucking Monster Hunter movie. Sorry, I'm very full of swear words today. <laughs> I've stopped swearing. Anyway, but it's just much better than Monster Hunter. Like, I'm not trying to diss the track on Monster Hunter. Don't misunderstand me. I just feel like it's just not as well thought out. And I'm I not really trying to diss love... that music, but like my music is way more better. Huh? It's no, 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 no. I'm not dissing that. Like their song, the the music they use is cool. Really it's not just it, but... it just seems like the wrong character for the movie. Whereas somehow I was just works uh, and and I mean I might make the music but Steven still decides where it goes and if he likes it for the productions I mean as he's like directing it so you know this is not just about oh my music is so great <laughs> um it it is cool like that it's used well um and sorry I just wanted to add that to you guys mentioning the editing because the editing was really fantastic in this uh, in this series uh, especially up till now and uh that shot with the swamp as uh, Rob was getting into I love that I remember the first time I saw that and I was just like oh my god this is so cool <laughs> and I had to, like I watched it a few times because uh, I was like this is great and checking this out and checking that out and how did this work out and there's like a plastic crocodile in the background which the first time I saw it I thought it was real I thought Steve had footage of like a real croc somewhere and I was like oh my god <laughs> Steven what are you doing dude <laughs> those things move I, fast, ha dude. I have to this is the perfect segue to say that I was filming these in and around real swamps in Australia and I mean I, I, I neglected taking a picture of it but there very definitely was a sign up and this is a seasonal sign that isn't always there, but it said that a crocodile had been sighted. Um, so do not enter the water at any point. Um, and here's me sort of shooting into the tree line with my back to the open water, um, constantly checking my six because, yes, this is a sequence that involves Crocmaster and his pets or God Crocs you know, staging a, an ambush on the renegades. But I am encountering the very real danger of a potential crocodile attack while filming it. Like, I can only imagine the headline if you were attacked by a crocodile while playing with crocodile toys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This shit just writes itself. This is some, like, headline news stuff. Bizarre yeah, ritual as man who... Uh, <laughs> Worshipping the crocodile spirit, like gets yeah, he's ca called upon and has a death roll with a croc. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I don't know if I'm likely to to attempt a sequence like this uh, in the near. Certainly not in this part of the world where oh, yes, shit, giant crocodiles are are, are a reality. Sorry, I can just imagine the headline image is like a Sergeant Slaughter action figure with a little bit of blood spatter on it. And that's behind the music <laughs> poster. Plain. <laughs> Sorry, it's so 
Gallows humor. <laughs> well, speaking of Zazel, it is your Sarge. It's uh, one of your expected um, seven, seven, seven Sergeant Slaughters, um, and I need to get him to you. But yeah, I need to finish up principal photography on part four and potentially part five mm -hmm. if this thing stretches out. But uh, thank you, thank you. I'm afraid he has rusty screws now. <laughs> But uh, all worth yeah. it. Look, I've got to tell you though, before we go off uh, topic from the swamp, that was a legitimately intense scene, and it's it's one of those ones where I was I was literally on the edge of my seat watching that part, and even on second or third viewing, it still it still fills me with with that same intensity. It's such a great scene. I don't know well, how you manage to do all this stuff with two hands and a camera. It's it's great stuff. And here's another great segue, Zez. The intensity came very much in part by a spectacular vocal delivery, which I, I wish I had been rolling some video footage, some behind-the-scenes stuff, because it would have looked like that clip you shared of, of Hugh Jackman <laughs> doing a Wolverine kind of um, uh, ADR um, or audio. What's it? After? Whatever. Yeah, ADR. Where they basically re-record the, the audio in a scene. And he's just like slicing dudes, running through a forest, <laughs> jumping. Yeah, yeah. And dude, that's all and, of us. Yeah, <laughs> do these yeah. Things. You brought it, dude. You brought it. So I was able to make a nice selection of some grunts and groans and exertion and fighting noise to just bring out, I suppose, the intensity of this battle. Uh, because in many respects, it was simple fight choreography. It was basically two plastic men grappling. So no high kicks or punches or anything like acrobatic, but uh, your vocal delivery brought that intensity. So, you know, which pat on the back, me, man. Which brings oh. me to another piece of amazingness on this. And I'm sorry that this is seeming like a G.I. Joe Berg circle jerk. No, but, this uh, is a victory lap. We're allowed one episode to celebrate a, a, a play motion before we get back into the topic of the week. Hmm? Well, dude, so go I've for got it. to say... Your fight choreography was spot on. Like the whole way that all went down, I knew what was happening, who it was happening to, who was dishing it out to who. It didn't look like two toys just banging each other. There was a lot of, there was a lot of like anima in there. Like I watched stuff going on and I was just like, like I didn't think about how you did it. Like if that makes sense. Like I watched the whole, I was like, I believed that fight choreography, everything from you know when the when they were under the water everything it was so great it's only when i watched it the second time around that i watched it with a more analytical eye trying to figure out how you did it or like trying to um, uh, imagine what it was like to to maybe get that like one shot done and it was just like damn <laughs> i mean it does go back to the editing a little bit but that fight choreography was spot on dude i was so engaged and i'm actually really worried now that we're on a slippery slope because i feel like that was so good that People are going to want more sort of melee action from us. Well, you shoot yeah. with what you got, guys, because I don't have a great deal of vehicles to hand here. So, yes, it is a lot of melee action and, you know, very in interpersonal fighting. I mean, for heaven's sakes, this episode featured a Cobra helipack, you know, the, the little wind-up-and-go Tomy oh, toys. Well, reason being... I don't have a fang here. I don't have a fang two here. I don't have any <laughs> of the bigger toys. So I have to make do with these little piss willy things. Give hey, them a chance to shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think the little pocket rockets are perfect for that kind of 
work. But yeah, I mean, whereas things like Atlantis Factor and Blazing Sand, you had a lot of big vehicle action, jets fighting each other, helicopters strafing targets on the ground. Like, I just, I can't, I don't have it. It's going to be a lot more, you know, in your face, baby. That's what happens. I mean, you know, limitations um, help helps with creativity and creating new things and interesting situations. I mean, you're forced to do something different. Otherwise, you'd just be trotting out the same thing over and over again. Yeah, sorry. I really need to learn to take the compliment instead of like deflecting. Like, yeah, the reason we're going to be like doing the fights one on one is because we don't have the toys to do other things. But yes, thank (laughs) you. But that's part of the magic of like indie films. You know, like indie films have a very, very small cast and crew. Um, Sometimes they don't even have a crew. The cast is the crew behind the scenes and they make some fantastic films. And one I would put out there is Evil Dead. Evil Dead is one of my favorite sort of mm. indie films because of how they shot it and, and how they limitation. put it together. That limitation. We've got a, a, a proposed headline uh, from Darren Cobb saying, Toy Croc Wrestler Taken by Real Croc. Yeesh. Yeah, well, I'm Leave glad that headline... <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, well, I'm glad that headline didn't come to pass. <coughs> yes. Yeah, dude, it's it is scary, man. I I honestly thought Zaz was was with you when you did that. I didn't realize you were doing that by yourself. Zaz took a job down down south. I'm alone, Paul. My one Joe bro in town, and he's gone. <laughs> this comes as news to you, no doubt. Yeah, it does. Zaz, are you enjoying the cooler weather? Uh, look, I gotta tell you, you can get all the seasons in one day here. It can, you can be hot one minute, freezing cold the next. It, it, it's hard to keep track of. But I'll tell you what I'm not missing, and that's the humidity. I actually feel mm. like my toys and collectibles are safe now. Yeah, I, I had imagine. bubbles popping off cards. I had O-rings that needed repair nearly every day. But I feel Where like, are you now, Zazie? Well, pretty much just in the suburbs of Brisbane. Oh, very good. Yeah, man. I'm, I miss being in a, a city that has buildings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, I wonder. I wonder what you could be, what you'd be able to achieve anywhere near here. Not as much as wh- where you are now. But before before we get off the swamp, I just want to say one of the one of my favorite parts in in the Crocmaster Sergeant Slaughter Wrestlefest was that tackle and roll. It just it just feels so. It looks so fluid. It just it just goes right right into it into the. Um, where he tries to then sort of drown Sarge with his knee uh, and then mm. goes for his knife. But that, it was just so well done. High praise indeed from the man who I regard having perfected one-on-one action figure combat for camera. Uh, if anyone is scratching their heads in attendance, uh, Zazel has his own play motion series, the Slaughter Wrestling Championships. Slaughterhouse, sorry, Wrestling Championships uh, over on his channel. So please check out Sergeant Slaughter Slaughterhouse. I can't uh, implore you enough. Link will be in the description below. But thanks back again on the topic. Thanks some voices at the Slaughterhouse Wrestling Championship. Ah, mm-hmm. yes. We got Scoop. We got uh, Mercer. And I, I, I play the Million Dollar Merc. Introduced yeah, by the real Sergeant Slaughter himself. Yes, you guys are becoming uh, fast friends, hey? Thick as thieves. Now knows your name, Zazzle. (laughs) (laughs) We actually, for those that don't know, uh, Sarge and I recently uh, were able to have a one-on-one video call. And uh, he's never seen my face before. 
but he recognized the name and uh yeah from there it was it was just a dream come true to be able to have mm. a uh a, a fairly decent length conversation in the end i'm the one who had to 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 go i was at the shopping mall mm. when it was starting and i was i was outside the shopping mall it was so loud out there at one point a tractor went past and <laughs> i literally i had my food in the food court and I was like, oh, man, so I'm just going to go live. I, I cannot miss this. So I leave my food at the forecourt, uh, a race outside to where, where it could be at least a little bit quieter. We have this great conversation, and it's getting to a point where my battery's starting to go flat. Um, I think it said that I was running out of data on my phone. Um, <laughs> the noise was just so loud. And in the end, like a complete... Uh, diva i'm like it was lovely talking to you Sage, but i have got to go <laughs> <laughs> still zazel like talking to your idol like the guy who you're basing your channel on your collecting hobby on like that is pretty incredible well i thought what was incredible for me was he brought up the slaughterhouse wrestling championship mm. uh, and he follows along with it which is which is great and whether or not whether or not he does or he doesn't watch it I'm just, you know, glad that he was a part of it. He's he's such a super nice guy that it would be just like him to throw a compliment out like that, um, you know, whether or not it's actually actually is real or true or not. But if he does watch it, thanks, Sarge. I love that. I don't. Uh, I don't think he would tell such a like a bald faced lie. Um, mm. Maybe he leaves it on when he's kind of I don't know doing something else. He has an awareness of it, but I, I would take him at his words. As I, I think he's, he's probably very interactive, especially on Twitter. Like, I mean, he follows oh, tons yeah, of oh, people, yeah. interacts with a lot of people. He's he's I think he's genuinely a really good guy. I think mm. yeah, I think so too. I just think maybe maybe there's just a part of me that um, you know it's hard to believe. Yeah, it's really it's really sure. it is disbelief for sure. But it's I mean, how often do you get to talk? to your childhood heroes that are also your childhood favorite uh, cartoon character and you know <laughs> on your lunchboxes and stuff like that it's oh, great yeah, mind and on top of that they're just really cool people as well like it's just... oh yeah yeah you know, i can't uh, think of an analogous uh experience for myself um i mean i have chatted to larry but you know, Larry was the writer of the book of the toys that I loved. So there are various degrees of separation. I mean, he is, he's a man, like he's not a, a character that he's putting on. I'm not introducing myself to Larry, the character who featured in my playtimes. Um, you, you have a very unique situation, Zazel, and I can't help but wonder how big your, I suppose, your following of Sarge will get, like, you are positioned to be his number one fan, essentially. Um, that's an well, accolade I'm, that's well earned. I'm officially his number one marauder, and yes. apparently, <laughs> apparently his twin. Yes, yes. That's Please, that's like, why I call you out. Sergeant Slaughter Junior. <laughs> I mean, because because like Zaz, I, I'll play your your part, and I want you to play Sergeant Slaughter in that in that situation. So. So say the line that Sergeant Slaughter said to you. Oh, no. so at the beginning it was, uh, "Hey, you look like me." <laughs> and and this is Hazel's response. <laughs> but that was all internal. <laughs> no, some of it was external too. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Oh, uh, anyways, uh, guys, um, anyway. I, we could we could devote an, an episode quite easily to the Sarge and just yeah, an appreciation. Sorry, guys. <laughs> the man, no, well worth it. Uh, thank you. I'm sure the les- listeners are, are very pleased to hear that there's this fantastic relationship <laughs> between you and your idol. Um, but yes, if we want to get things back on track, I'd like to talk just briefly about an observation that I think you made, Zays. Um, that you're loving the accent work on this third episode, to which I responded, I think there are only two American accents in the whole piece. Everyone else has some kind of other dialect, um, be it Destro's Iron Grenadiers all having a bit of a, a Scottish twang. Um, I think Voltar has a more Spanish approach. Um, oh, I thought he I, was like um, one of those guys from the Trade Federation in the in the <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's what I thought the whole time. I was like, interesting choice. Interesting, yeah, one of those guys, yeah. Uh, uh, well, that would explain the, the presence of the turbo tank later on. Oh, jeez. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, Otherwise, well, they were all whatever you thought they were. <laughs> When I looked at Voltar, all I saw was that like l- sort of very pointed chin strap beard, and I was like, uh, "It definitely looks Spanish." Kind of looks a bit conquistadorian, mm. you know. And then, like you know, the, the helmet is sci-fi as all get up, but it's got that ridge on the top, kind of like a conquistador's helmet. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yes, that's where that went. I just wanted something distinct for it, really. Ooh, Ryan in the comments has just touched on something I loved with the with the voice work. I'm going to show it to everybody. Mm, Cobra Commander was the best to me. I love the fact that he came off so sinister. Ryan, yep, you and me I both. I think uh, voice notes to Stephen from me when I heard some of the sort of uh, editing and whatever's uh, were filled with praise for, for Cobra Commander as well. I love, love that voice. And I love that characterization of Cobra Commander. That sinister sort of dark uh, he's just he's a villain he's proper and I well it's partly to blame i mean okay in the in the initial parts um yeah, that's just raw voice because he's speaking through a cloth mask but in part three there's a heavy heavy filter on oh. it uh because oh, yeah. he's got he's got his battle helmet on right he's got his 1987 getup um, so there is obviously he, he is speaking through a speaker as opposed to just naked voice. Um, and the filter actually has a name. Uh, anyone want to get venture a guess? Is it Iron Man? Mm, <laughs> no, but, uh, but no, if, if you were to cast your mind back to a filmmaker who we were talking about, uh, that might be a hint. Is it oh, Bane? Bane. Bane, exactly. Bane. Yeah, Bane. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's the name of the filter. You can find them online. This is a little peek inside the to see how the sausage is made. But yeah, mm. Gaz oh, yeah. liked the Iron Grenadier voice, uh, though he still is very firmly on Team Viper. Yes, the Iron Grenadiers. I, I just kind of um, uh, put a high pass uh, filter on that, just a higher frequency, cut any of the bass so that they were. They t- you know, they are talking through a, a mask after all. Yeah, some and, form and, of modulation, yeah. And on the playback, it sounded a lot like Christopher, Eccles- Christopher Eccleston. So it whoever did, yeah. was in the live live chat who was like, that sounds like Christopher Eccleston, I was like, 
Hmm. Maybe I was channeling that. I'm the doctor. At, uh... <laughs> no, he he was Wrong he doctor. was Destro, dude. I know. Oh well, yeah, yeah uh, of course he was the doctor. Fuck. But you know he he also has some yeah, yeah, cool crossover in the and Doctor Who scene. We need a three and three quarter inch uh, Doctor figure. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've got as far as having a companion. So. Yeah. Oh. oh yes, you got that little little action figure, don't you? That female. Yes. Which you were so keen to have uh, when we were in Kokomo excited Toys. To get her, yeah. Like, I was he very was like, excited. He was like, he was trying to decide what what to get, and like there was like four Joes and her, and he was like, I really want her. Those four Joes can just stay behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I hope she fulfills all your needs as a companion should, uh, you, Paulie. The cool thing is, well, I mean, you know, the the thing is, like, I would never see that figure again, and it was just it's a great story because I can remember getting her from America. You know, it's like. Yeah, mm. no, it makes sense. You will literally never find it anywhere else. And the only time you would buy it is if you physically see it in person. Exactly right. You're not going to go out of your way and go like, oh, you know, big bad toy store. I'm gonna, I am I need a companion now. You know, <laughs> send me one of these Russian ones. <laughs> so I'm going to drop a, I'm going to drop a, I'm going to drop a, drop a little cryptic hint. Um, speaking about accents, like I mentioned that there were only two Amer American accents on this piece. Um, Sarge is one of them. Does anyone want to guess who the second accent was? Were well, mm. my uh, original thought, my original thought was Cobra Commander, but um... mm. okay, discounting Cobra Commander because really? I'd like to think in so he doesn't our... count. He doesn't count. You're right. No, He's no, no, American, but... but he doesn't count. I'd like to think <laughs> in GI Joe Berg's retelling of the GI Joe mythology. Cobra Commander is not necessarily a used car salesman and pyramid schemer. Uh, I'd like to think he has some tendrils, you know, more internationally. Uh, I'd like so, to say so the grants that Master was making sounded very American to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Rick, cool. dude, but that's me. Rick, like, I, I, Rick I, didn't I have a Rick line. Bit... Yeah, but that's the, the beauty of it. He could so be that's, that's the feeling he's, that Paul gets, you know. That I, I feel like he's American. Was it the guy well, in the I mean, helicopter? It... <laughs> It was the Cobra Trooper who's always following Cobra Commander. Uh, he has are. one line, but uh, it's an important cameo. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> what about that awesome tank, that uh, troop carrier section? Because that played out really well, like... I know that there was a bit of deliberation as to how we were going to do it or how you were going to put it off. And then, yeah, so we were all involved. Well, I said I don't have a great deal of vehicles to hand here in Oz, uh, but fortunately, Facebook Marketplace has always helped with the ancillary pieces. Uh, in part two, we had the Beast Bomber by Lenard as the, the Renegades uh, transport plane. In this one, we have a very small cameo of the... Also a core toy, uh, the Rainfire helicopter, uh, which Cobra Commander is about to board before he, well, before he decides, hmm, sticking around might be far more interesting because it seems like Destro needs to handle his shit. Um, and then there was, as you mentioned, Paul, the uh, turbo tank. It's called the Juggernaut, but for, I suppose, maybe rights reasons, they couldn't name it the Juggernaut when they were releasing the toy. Anyways, it's the... Star Wars Episode Three, um, eight-wheeled, massive piece of grey plastic. 
Um, and that that is that is the, the renegade's ticket into, I suppose, infiltrating the Cobra or Destro's factory yeah, in part four. But they managed to sneak on board this thing. And the question I asked you guys was, okay, Taurus is going to do some acrobatic shit because we need to see him do some acrobatic shit because he's a freaking acrobat. Um, but how does he then get into this effectively an armored car? Um, because... Yeah, I don't think it's going to be in these Iron Grenadiers' best interests to roll down the window. So, Zay's came up with the suggestion that maybe he places a bit of C4 and blows a hole in the thing. Yeah, that, yes, that was that was my original idea. Yeah. Paul, did you did you toss the suggestion in or were you just like, oh yeah, I'm going to go with Sarge? No, I think I was, I was sort of uh, for that as well, but then I, I was also for the um, trying to pull them out. Of the somehow like, so get them uh, to wind down the window. In other words, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like the idea. T one thousand style, get out, get out. <laughs> I uh, think there's also awesome. an option to smoke them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think Anyways, the way it's I mean, out, I think that was, I think that was a perfect display of uh, acrobatic, uh, circus acrobatic skill from Taurus, and it actually had me thinking. Uh, that that's Taurus's hero moment uh, in in this uh, in this episode. Uh, Red Dog had his hero moment with the triple T's, uh, and uh, have we got a proper Mercer hero moment yet? Not yet. Because I, I think Rick really had a hero moment at the end of the first episode. I think we we really need to give poor old Mercer his hero moment. Well, it is his story at the end of the day, and he still is very much uh, on his own. You know, he's got his own agenda. Um, but you gents have access to the script. <laughs> have you forgotten how this whole piece ends? I no, no. I'm just, I'm just leaving it out there, saying that he mm -hmm. needs to. Trying good. to get people excited for part four. Exactly. exactly. If Mercy's well, your something... favorite character, tune in. Something that I wanted to float to you offline, Paul, but since we're in the thick of it, uh, and we might even generate some responses from this very podcast, um, I was thinking that because, because at the heart of this is the emergence of the Battle Android Trooper as a potent weapon of war, uh, and because I don't have an army of bats, <laughs> uh, very few people do, I imagine, um, I was thinking that we put it out once once the Renegade saga concludes and we see uh, Cobra in possession of legions of these mechanical monsters. Um, yeah. Putting it out to, to a kind of a backyard battle situation where we have these vignettes shot by our allies out there um, of their armies of bats laying waste Oh, mass. That's such a great idea. Yep, there you go, yeah. pal. Mm. Mm. So yes, if you are out there in possession of a handful of battle android troopers uh, and you'd like to get involved, get a hold of us because we need your help. <laughs> if we're going to tell the story, we have to kind of tell it together because, Rob, you've got two bats. I've got one nine time zones away and maybe a handful <laughs> of moderns, but... Yeah, I I, 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 I use your you, 
I used your your bat, and I'm very miffed that you took it with you because shit, dude. How am I supposed to end this story otherwise? <laughs> well, that's funny because you said I need to borrow your bat, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And then and then it occurred to me that wait, do you have it? <laughs> <laughs> it's packed. I, in a yeah, I'm not packing my stuff very quickly. Uh, with so, us, with us has two bats as well available, I think. What? Yeah. Oh. Well, mm. I bought one from him, and it's sitting with him right now in a drawer. So, not only one. is it nine times time zones away, but it's not even in with the rest of my collection. It's still with the seller. Bloody hell. Well, I can get that sent to me if you need me to, but I'd rather not uh, play with great. your Great. Thanks, you Paul. Rub it in. That's the best place it can be. Well, <laughs> we used to have that thing, hey, Rob? Like, okay, our collection is pooled, but when it comes to uncarding a new toy, the owner has has that privilege. Yeah, so you don't. No one else gets first touch. That makes sense. That makes perfect <laughs> yeah, sense. Market market territory. Bart in the chat came up with a good solution with the Black Major bat. They might be a little bit more easily accessible. Aren't they, aren't they becoming just as pricey as regular bats these days? I mean, there is a much more finite number of them. But yes, agreed. I suppose you could get some funky color variations um, to your bat army. Why the hell not? Speaking of... Okay, I, I, I'm going to include a credits section in the final part because pretty much all the toys on screen are contributions. So, I, and I will itemize. But... Uh, what is pertinent for this discussion right now is that I received two uh, custom-made, or well, not not custom, they're, they're, well, they're similar to Black Major and Red Laser in that sense, but they are Iron Grenadiers that are done up in different color schemes, and they, I believe they are is. by Lethal li li Customs. Uh, uh, this is all news to me. All I know is that they were provided by the Dragon Fortress. So... That's two weeks running, Dustin. We are in your debt, man. Interesting. You, wrote, you should just... mention the Dragon Fortress. It is his birthday today. As of the time Happy of birthday, Dustin. Happy birthday, Jeez. Dragon Fortress. Hey, nice one. Beautiful. Happy birthday. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the author's birthday or the website's birthday? No, his birthday. Oh, his birthday. Good. Okay. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Okay, well, it might be his birthday, but we're the ones who got the presents because those IGs are perfect. Um, I'm trying to settle on cool names for them. I think the, 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 the tan one should be called Shale and, or Stone. I don't know. Stone, Sand? I like Stone. Stone, yeah. yeah. Um, and the green one, Lichen, Moss. <laughs> <laughs> Moss man, <laughs> Moss man, cute. Bush boy. Yeah, he's kind of a red. Oh, jade, because it's quite a dead. Yeah, jade's a good one. Done. Mm. Stone and jade. Green soda. J Jade's kind of sounds like a girl's name. I don't know. Oh, no party. offense to all the the men called Jade out there. Yeah, no offense to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I yeah. can't uh, say anything about names with the one that I'm currently carrying and with me. Which you chose, I might add, says you legally oh. changed your name. Hey, yeah, interesting character, I tell you. <laughs> it's like a tattoo. You're stuck with it now. Well, um, I'd be a Bob when you could be a Zazel. So. Well, that's right. a Zazel. 
<laughs> so <laughs> I keep making um, that joke at your expense, but hey, the Sarge said like, it, so it's official now. It's oh yeah, Sarge doesn't have it. bats anymore. So Steve, I think you bought that bat. That bat's gone. <laughs> yep. But I like the idea that you had with Bergforce getting involved. I recently watched, uh, as of today, actually rewatched uh, that Cobra Convergence one. We had everybody get involved. Oh, cool, yeah. In that. Um, and there was a cool Sarge scene in that, which I thought was great. A little bit of uh, wrestling. Back to the wrestling again. Sorry, guys. Derailed. Mm. But that was a great way to get the guys to carry on the narrative. Yep. Yep. And uh, it was at the heart of uh, Ronald's initiative to join forces with Mark and shoot something that, yeah, like they wanted to keep the ball rolling in terms of play motion content, uh, even when G.I. Joburg was having its own kind of immigration teething issues but yeah yeah it's always welcome when other guys pitch in and these other play motion creators finding their feet uh, it's a beautiful thing to see um yeah i couldn't support it enough to be honest very very nice so yes we could definitely play the renegades back into the hands of the backyard battles-esque uh berg force but yeah, geez, guys, I'm I'm buzzing. Uh, if anyone has anything else they'd like to add about um, Cobra Clutch, now's the time. Fantastic effort all around. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to where we're we going next. Oh, there is something that's worth mentioning. It's Ooh. cool how like in three episodes we've got a character that essentially died in the first episode that hasn't uttered a line, um, still have impact. In mm. you know over the episodes like Rick. It's still a thing. People are like hashtag Rick. When I say people, I mean uh, here in the in the chats. I think uh, Gaz threw a hashtag Rick um, mm. at some point. But it's cool that there's this character that we've actually totally invented. <laughs> it was brutally. Like... It was brutally efficient storytelling in that first part. Mm. But uh, what is so great about these toys and this fandom is that people will then invent their own backstories like even as just an exercise of the mind you will live out these characters lives uh which is terrific so yes a character that was killed after two scenes three scenes max um has got an impact because this is a beloved action figure this is a toy that hopefully mm. folks out there have uh, a 1991 mercer to hand and they're like set him up on your mantelpiece a little bit straighter now it's like yeah this guy's got some strings to his bow he's he's a real character now um yeah man that's that's perhaps the, the highest aspiration of this stuff sure we're going to play in the sandbox of all the the heavy hitters the destros the cobra commanders baronesses hawks dukes etc sergeant slaughters but like there was also a lot of love for the little guys and i had never given the renegades time of day they're not Joes. Why would I bother? You know, the heroes of the GI Joes, the villains of the Cobras. What are these guys? But uh, thanks to you, Zez, it's thrown them all into a new, new light. And I really enjoy setting up the dynamic between them because they are a, a very eclectic mix of characters, criminals even. I'm thinking like perhaps their involvement with Sarge is part of a pardon or a kind of a reprieve of sentence uh, program. <laughs> that these guys are bad boys they've pissed off the united states somehow and gi joe and sergeant slaughter is their ticket to redemption 
So I like that they're getting some really good stories behind them, and and, mm. and getting the respect I think that that they do, they deserve. I mean, Mercer has always been a popular character for they obvious did. reasons, but it's great to see uh, Red Dog and Taurus also shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are asking um, if he has a Russian accent, and I I I maintain that he is still Turkish, but from the Black Sea region which does tend towards a more Eastern European. So there you go. So uh, I've, got, I've, got how we playing a, I've got a statement to make to Paul. And then, Steve, I've got a question to ask to you, if that's all right, to take a little mm-hmm. bit of time on this one. Uh-oh. So, mm. Paul, I feel like uh, this is definitely Mercer's redemption story. And I've got to say that in this story particularly, I really felt for Mercer. Like it's particularly Aww. at the beginning when when Rick, uh, Rick's helmet is unearthed. It's uh, it's one of those. It was a touching moment between Sarge and and Mercer. But then after after that really touching scene, and you're in the swamps, you, you still have uh, Red Dog to a lesser extent, but Taurus especially, just really still giving it to him. You know, he's still getting referred to as the, as the Cobra. He's, he's told to shut his face or he's going to get shut to him. And and it's just because I'm, you know, I, I know the character of Mercer, the, the defector. You know, we know that he's the, you know, he's defecting from Cobra. But as far as they're concerned, you know, still at this point, they, he's still a Cobra, ex-Cobra or even a Cobra still that they're bringing along on this mission. You know, there's not a full amount of trust there. And I just wanted to, I didn't want it tonight to go without me saying that I thought that you really brought it in that scene in the beginning. And yeah, man, I just, I really felt for him. Oh, thanks, man. I, that means a lot, uh, especially because I, I did <laughs> lots and lots of takes of that before I got one I was happy with and felt as well. So I'm glad that that, that resonated with you. Thanks, man. Uh, you reminded me of a little bit of a contro- contro- controversy in the live chat um, about the likelihood of an M16 a more modern M16 jamming uh, as it did for poor old Mercer in the middle of his uh, croc ambush. Now, I can't really speak to actual gun experience, but, you know, early model M16s were renowned for a jamming problem. They certainly were the bane of soldiers in Vietnam. And, of course, Vietnam was a very humid, very wet environment, similar to the kind of swamps that they were trudging through at that point. And I'll add one other factor to the mix, and that's, you know, that mold, that sneak peek footloose mold of the M16, it looks like a very early one. You know, the barrel shroud is not the modern, it's that sort of triangular shape. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, man, this thing sucks. And (laughs) Mercer might have had some success on the range with it back at the slaughterhouse, but once he's in country... Uh, the thing jams up on him pretty quick and, you know, him being an ex-Cobra Viper, he's used to top-end equipment that works, you know, those Viper guns, which are probably dependable as all all hell, but, um, you know, he's faced with this G.I. Joe piece of shit and <laughs> Paul, once again, man, you, you brought it on that line too. G.I. <laughs> Joe piece of shit. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Yeah, okay, uh, bots uh, bringing bringing the 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 knowledge bombs. He says all M16s will jam if they're not kept clean and oiled. 
he runs his wet and will always have oil with him. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Well, there was plenty wet in there, but not not the oily no. kind of wet, more like the yeah. swampy, yeah. muddy yeah. kind of wet. Steve, my question I uh, wanted to ask you was if you could if you could talk a little bit about your experience filming in the botanical gardens. The botanical gardens? Tell oh. us about the botanical gardens. Shit says, how did you know that I was in the botanical gardens? Well, mate, not only am, do I have a keen eye, but you also told me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, smart ass. <laughs> um, well, uh, as it turned out, my wife uh, and her sort of mother's group had had a picnic one day. <laughs> so I kind of showed up for the first half and then quickly ducked out back to the car park and get my turbo tank <laughs> and my iron grenadiers and the triple t's and um found a little spot off one of the trails uh to do a few cutaways here and there like all the stuff that involves um the triple t's kind of pulled off under the shrubbery um uh, hiding from the uh the iron grenadier with the heli pack you know doing the sort of aerial sweep um all that stuff was shot in the botanical gardens um does that answer your question of course oh, of course and it just so happened that there were um construction workers and obviously <laughs> maintenance staff uh people were driving like little bobcats along the path um and i just anytime people move past me i kind of slunk into the bushes a little bit deeper and I, I, I practiced my invisibility spell. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think many people turned heads. There was a woman walking her dog, and I think the dog pissed. Like <laughs> right on right on your sergeant sword action. Rusty screws. <laughs> oh man. No, I kid. I, I moved everything. Then the dog pissed, and then I moved everything back because I was like, I'm not done with this location yet, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Um, I think like, that's a wrap on. Now. <laughs> that's a wrap on Cobra Cobra Clutch, guys. But uh, we do have some postbox the pit at, uh, business to attend to. First up, the poll results are in in our ultimate Iron Grenadiers versus Vipers uh, showdown. Anyone care to speculate? Vipers by a landslide. Obviously, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, we're on all right. We we split. Rob says Iron Grenadiers. Zazel says Vipers by a landslide. Paul, I know you're an Iron Grenadiers man, but if you was to speculate what the rest of Jodum said, I I'm gonna. I got a feeling it's Vipers. I mean, I've been oh. trying not to watch that thread on purpose because <laughs> this, but every now and then I see a notification where somebody's like commented on the last episode and they were like Vipers all the way, baby, and I'm like. <laughs> no, you question. are a viper. You should be vipers all the way. <laughs> or oh, soon to be an iron grenadier, actually. I, I'm an IG, but like, but like by a hair, you know. It's not like I dislike vipers, you know. <laughs> I don't like being polarized, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I reckon Look, it's vipers, dude. I, I yeah, yeah an iron viper. It's not difficult to see why. I mean, the Vipers have earlier credentials. You know, they, they came at kind of the sweet spot of the line before things went downhill and people were turned off. 
um, a lot of people missed out on the Iron Grenadier. There was a <laughs> there was a comment on the Twitter um, thread which read as follows. It was by a, a handle called Boil and Pop. <laughs> he was like, "What the hell is an Iron Grenadier?" So <laughs> point point blank. I mean, you know, if you if you aren't that GI Joe hardcore that you've gone and researched absolutely everything there is to this hobby. Um, chances are you might have missed the IGs and their importance. You know, if your bl blushings are just the toys up to a certain point, i.e., 1986 and the cartoon, the IGs are meaningless to you. So they definitely were the underdogs as we knew coming into it. But in more than a few of these, uh, so we say social media platforms, the competition was quite tight indeed. There's definitely a war of words being waged over on Facebook. Some very compelling arguments, even references to the much beloved Cobra Civil War, where absolutely Cobra's forces were outclassed by the IGs. It was very much their showcase. It was like Destro's boys have landed and they are very professional, very slickly run and will win the day without even firing a mm -hmm. shot. So thank you, Darren, for uh, pointing out the those little bits and bobs and, and even a shell-shocked picture of a viper cowering. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> so Facebook, as I say, was tight. Um, so tight, in fact, that the Iron Grenadiers took it 19 votes to 16. Whoa. Oh, my word. Hey, wow. Yeah. Was not Underdogs on that. top. Yep, yep, yep. Damn. Things, things got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on IG, Instagram, <laughs> uh, things started slipping away from the Iron Grenadiers a little bit. Uh, eight votes for the Iron Grenadiers to 15 for the Vipers. Yo. Okay, okay. So all my IG Twitter, Facebook, damn. Twitter, Twitter is where the massacre started really happening. Uh, Iron <laughs> Grenadiers got 20 votes uh, to the Vipers, 41 Okay, so that's also I, not bad, like like statistically. Not that bad. Yeah, it's only twice. At least it as wasn't many like votes. five IGs to like fifty vipers. So, but then just to troll you, Paul, the YouTube thread <laughs> <laughs> had uh, twenty three votes going the vipers' way, to only two votes for the Iron Grenadiers. So, ah. amazing how the different platforms sway differently. As I say, Facebook mm. was tight. And in fact, the IGs edged out the Vipers. But everywhere else, predictably, it was a, it was Viper territory. And uh, yeah, the most damage was done on Twitter and YouTube. Also, um, on this topic, Hans actually quickly asked, he went, wait, aren't the IG Destro's personal guard? There aren't that many of them per se, yeah? And I'm like, to which I say, uh, Personal God doesn't necessarily mean like 12. Uh, a personal God could be like 50 or 100. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's like, you know, just a small little group of guys, like eight guys. Um, because like personal armies, for example, you know, drug lords have personal armies and they're like 50 to 100 to 250 men strong. So that's how I see the IGs is that they are a personal army, maybe ranking in about 100 if possible around there. That's why Destro makes personalized phone calls for when one of them falls in battle, you see. Because he can. There's only 100 of them. Uh, see uh, <laughs> well, see the, the Backyard Battles video. <laughs> so. Or listen to the very end. Look, 
Hans, you might be onto something and it really, it comes down to how the individual wants to play these things. Um, mm. and, and also whether or not you can believably army build uh, Iron Grenadiers. But in a much beloved uh, issue of special missions, um, particularly by you, Rob, entitled Scoop, mm-hmm. Stalker and his team encounter a sort of deep embedded like jungle group of iron grenadiers and like their look is totally broken down like they've all gotten rid of their helmets they're wearing headbands they've got their sleeves rolled up um and they are for all intents and purposes just a combat unit of iron grenadiers i'm not going to say that they're more numerous than the vipers but in that sense you know you they, they, they aren't personal guards they're not guarding anything they are on a mission um they're an independent unit uh, of equal strength, if not greater strength, than um, Stalker's unit. And their introduction in the Cobra Island Civil War, Destro definitely pulls in the numbers. Like, he's got a freighter of hardened troops all kind of doing PT on the deck, uh, operating vehicles. Yeah, the IGs are en masse in those two instances. But a lot of the time, yes, you are seeing them just flanking Destro in his uh, gold head look. Yeah, kind of like the Crimson Crimson Guardsmen. I mean, mm. that's their duties, but their duties also expand to being undercover agents, you know, across the country and the world as well. I think it sounds it, like you. it's just a difficult word, personal guard, to kind of, like, use. They probably shouldn't have used that. But they're trying to make them like they're above, like, a normal type of trooper. And Hans, if to answer your question, are they all Scottish in that issue? um unclear i think there's a little bit of uh perhaps vernacular thrown here and there if memory serves but i think the thing with destro is uh you know he pays well so he he can source his troops wherever he pleases um cherry pick as it were Uh, but yes i'm sure he he has recruiting officers in his in his uh native country um anyways that's all speculation guys the beauty of gi joe play it the way you want to uh, exactly. The final numbers, if anyone is wondering at this point, it was uh, 49 votes Iron Grenadiers to 105 votes Vipers. Mm. I'm not surprised, but I'm glad that there is such a strong showing for the Iron Grenadiers, considering how late to the party they came. 1988 totally. is, mm. for a lot of Joe fans, beyond the cutoff, to their own detriment, yeah, I mean... but fabulous figure, really cool. Play it the I way mean, you I, want I, to, I... ceremonial or frontline troop. It works both ways. I mean, I remember being quite surprised that we got Iron Grenadiers in 25th anniversary and then later on in the Pursuit of Cobra. Like, I, I didn't realize that they were popular enough to, to get a remake. I, I, I remember like hoping that they were there and then I found them and, and it was like a convention exclusive, uh, like a three pack. and like a red Iron Grenadier and a purple one or two purple ones and a red one or two red ones and a purple one i need to check <laughs> um but they came in this like cool like little tube and then they also done the, oh, yeah. them as a single carded figure uh the red guys and then later on we got those a uh, very cool uh although cumbersome uh armored up warhammer grenadiers which were very cool yeah but those are great man i love those they're so cool it's just that their heads pop off quite often <laughs> really the armor and everything Oh. Had some great dissenting opinions, um, mentions for Team Bats, Team Eels, <laughs> Team Blue Shirts, and 
I think the comments thread on Twitter was won by the account called James McCullen Destro, who had just the following to say. Ahem. <laughs> That's it. It's like, do I have to explain this? Ha <laughs> 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 ha Anyway, maybe I cocked up my own joke, but yes, of course, uh, an account run by Destro would be like Team IG versus Team Viper. <laughs> anyways okay and with so, that like, uh for our bergforce members that's uh the guys that have joined us on patreon i should have some cool new tunes or a new tune and a sample of another tune for you to listen to today and to enjoy and download and have fun with and all those good things and uh if you guys are wondering out there our listeners uh if you are looking to join the patreon well you can click on the link below and you'll be able to join our, well, I don't want to say private audience, but yeah, you'll be part of our live audience for these uh, podcasts and other little things that we do. Uh, you also will be privy to some of the extras that we do for the Playmotion episodes. Sometimes it's stickers, sometimes it's diorama parts. I am actually feverishly working on some diorama parts. Uh, I've recently checked out the extreme sets and thought, I can do that. So I've been busy on that. <laughs> Thank you to Ronald Hoff for that uh, re-inspiration. So yeah, Bergforce members get access to all that kind of stuff. If you're not big on committing yourself to something like Patreon, but you still want to support the channel, um, check out our merch. Uh, even if you just want to get the merch because it's cool, that would be even better. <laughs> uh, we have the you can also support us by just liking, sharing, and subscribing. Speaking of okay, which, of course, free. Pop, yeah, pop a like on this this podcast. Woohoo! Yeah, it. it helps the algorithm pick it up. It shows it to more people just like yourself. And then, you know, more people get to enjoy and tell it. Tell us how much you love the double clutch in Cobra. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, thanks for joining us once again, stepping into our little living room where uh, four friends get together and talk about making their action figures clash together awkwardly in swamps <laughs> uh, while checking your six for giant crocs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times had by all. Um, there have been very few uh, questions asked as to where part four is and how long that might take. I think people know that I'm notoriously uh, unable <laughs> to give any kind of scheduling, but I think I'm going to take a week... I'm going to take a week off and then uh, maybe start chipping away at part four. Fortunately, part four requires a lot of interiors. So I can shoot those late into the night. So it doesn't really interfere with me and the kid. So yes, uh, part four should be should be steaming along. <laughs> Hopefully before the end of the year. Oh, man. Kim goes back to work. So I'll be full-time daddy daycare. Uh, might cramp my style a little bit, but here's to hoping, guys. I'm certainly He's fired up to, to get this guy in the camera. have to learn really how to hold a camera for you, Stephen. It's going to real fast. Guys, I can't wait. I'm grooming him. You can also like strap the GoPro to his head, and he can actually do like running stuff for you as well. Like when he's crawling, like he's got this like, very you, you know? Like you, you push the car along, and he like runs, he like crawls after it. And then that's the, the point of view for that shot. Ooh, dude, I wish I had something endless. witty to say to that because that just the, the image of it has my mouth on the floor. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> strap, strap a camera to my kid. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Mm. No, Ellie. Hey, 
It'll He's going to be manipulating the figures, man. They're all just going to go straight into his mouth. That'll be the end oh. of this tale. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what happened, Duke? He slimed me. <laughs> Zazel, how can people get hold of you, pal? Oh, yeah, come and check us out over on the Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse YouTube channel. Uh, I've got a bunch of uh, friends of YouTube coming along to also lend some voices. Uh, we've got Fun School Ronnie joining the uh, Sort of House oh, Wrestling excellent. Championship. Yes. I've got uh, Toy Connections. I've got Data Links uh, Magnus. I've got my boy oh, Private excellent. Potter. Sorry. I've got who else have I got coming on there? Peppermint Oil Capsule. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've just got a, a. It's it's like the Avengers Assemble of smaller channels that are. Uh, coming on and, and just lending a voice. Those that, you know, want to just have a little bit of fun with it. As well as I Wonderful. hope you three fine gentlemen willing to continue to voice some characters for me. Absolutely. Bro, the scripts, bro, bro. Got it. you can always count on Joburg. Cool. Thanks. Bro. One, two, and, three. Uh, exciting about Data Links Magnus. I often check out his stuff. He's, he's great. Oh, yeah. And, uh, his stop motion was, was very enjoyable. No, I was going to say, just he has some great insights on like the Transformers figures and stuff that he reviews. So, um, you know, he, he picks on things that people don't necessarily pick up on or want to talk about or have played with the toy enough to speak about. So I, I always appreciate when he mentions things that uh, like Jazz's uh, fragile parts, should I say. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And that's a wrap on G.I. Joburg, I guess. Episode 219, Getting to Grips with Cobra Clutch. Remember kids, today we learned, watch out when shooting your play motions in swamps, because a, a crocodile can sneak up on you and eat you. So long, and kids. they stink, okay? Final word on the swamps. Right, so by day, they you've smelly. got... Okay, okay, the, the ibises roost in there by night. And the flying foxes roost in there by day. Do you know what a flying fox is, guys? I it's do. a giant demonic bat. Okay? These things are <laughs> horrifying. Satan spawn. These leathery, furry, loud things. And they just produce so much shit. So those swamps are stinky. And I always was in them at low tide. So you can just imagine the kind of stench that I'm working in. So, yes, oh my word. I'm glad I got the shots, but I'm loath to ever go back in the swamps. And also working in wetlands, you are so a victim of like what the tide is doing. And sometimes it's not even the tide, just rainfall. Like you go to a location one day and it's at the perfect water level for action figures. You go there the next day, guess what? It's dried up. It is hard baked in the sun. And it is just mosquitoes. <laughs> Says oh, no. you got the brunt of it that day, mate. But let me oh, tell yeah. you, when when you were absent, I was their next target. <laughs> so basically <laughs> you, you, you drew them off um, during the filming of Slaughterhouse, but uh, <laughs> I had no no red herring, no bait for them during the filming of Cobra Clutch. So yeah, man. And not just that, flies that bite, these gigantic bastard horse flies 
they will bite you through your clothes and they're persistent man I'm, i'm i've got the bloody turbo tank in my arms i'm walking back to the car this thing is on my shirt like chowing into my arm and i'm like blowing on it not deterring it i'm shaking my arm not deterring it. I'm like, I have to put down all the toys so I can swap this damn thing because it is not budging. Hey, go you for the, for the non-violent approach first. <sighs> I don't want to touch it unnecessarily. Those things are assholes. Horseflies are assholes with wings. Until next time. Remember kids, play with your toys. Just not in a stenchy, stygian swamp. Okay. Anyways, that's me for 219. We're out. See you next week. Yo, Jobo. Yo, yo. You're dismissed. <laughs> <Burr>. <laughs> <laughs>